Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Always Loyal Podcast, episode 35. Jordan Carruth, what are we talking about this week? Hello, Darren Smith, coming off a huge win against Phoenix Rising over the weekend. So good to be back at Torero Stadium, wasn't it? We will chat it up with Coke Vegas. Coke Vegas, here's a fun fact for you, Darren. Six clean sheets this year. All six have come at home. We'll chat with him. He joins the podcast for the very first time today on the Always Loyal Podcast. Stone Buena Mesa salt and lime lager is brewed with real lime and a touch of sea salt. It's the perfect beer for enjoying in the summer sun. Stone Brewing, also proud to be a longtime partner of the Surfrider Foundation San Diego chapter dedicated to the protection and enjoyment of the world's oceans, waves, and beaches. That's why for every six pack of Buena Mesa salt, Stone is donating $2 to Surfrider. You can visit find.stonebrewing.com to track down Buena Vesa near you. Do Buena, live Buena. Five goals in his last eight matches. Here's Stoneman. Toomey sends it in. Conway is there. Evan Conway delivers for San Diego. His sixth goal in the last nine games. San Diego won. Phoenix nil in the 54th. The Always Loyal Podcast is brought to you by Stone Brewing. Who was that sexy sounding voice that I heard on the broadcast this past weekend? Who was that? That didn't didn't sound like Jack Cronin. Didn't sound like Pony. Who was that, Jordan Carruth? Mm, yeah, Jack Cronin away for one match. One match is all you guys had to suffer with me. So I will say this, in honor as always, and just a ton of fun to work with Shannon McMillan. Like she is, I think I told her right before the broadcast, the last time I had actually done a play-by-play broadcast was last season when I worked with Shannon for two games. And so it's it's been a while, but she just makes... She just makes it so easy. So I just, it was a lot of fun to work with her and what a fun result, fun match. Anytime Phoenix and San Diego play each other, it's, it's a good time, uh, especially lately for San Diego. I think, what is it now? Phoenix has one win against San Diego in their last five tries. Uh, San Diego has three wins and out of the last five. So we'll chat about that with Coke Vegas. He was on the field for it. He got to see a lot of this stuff up close and personal. We saw red cards. We saw a bunch of stuff happen. So pretty fun podcast. I think coming up, we can t- talk about a win. We can talk about the impact of the win. And then we could also chat it up with a player who was on the field for all of it. Yeah, it was an impactful win because San Diego Loyal secured a playoff spot for the 2022 postseason. So back-to-back season, season number three for San Diego Loyal overall. But anytime that you can win, you can beat a rival, you can really do a bit of damage to their playoff chances, and you can secure your own playoff spot in the process. And Jordan, let's also say this too, because it was a busy night in San Diego. I was at a Bad Bunny concert downtown. We know San Diego Wave put 32,000 people in the Snapdragon Stadium. And when I was able to watch back the match between Loyal and Rising, looked like a full crowd to me. I heard 5,000 plus. So what a night that was in San Diego, Mm -hmm. knowing what the stakes were, knowing that the club had been on a three-game losing streak, dropping four out of five. And then the good luck charm, Jordan Carruth, shows up. And all is right in the world again. Looked like a fun night. It, it was a lot of fun at Torero. It was loud. At, the energy was there. Clearly what happened on the field brought a level of intensity to the night. And I just, it was just one of those typical rivalry matches where you can tell both sides really don't like each other, especially in a setup like what happened over the weekend. One side looking to secure a playoff spot after dropping a few points in the last couple of matches. So they're looking to turn that 
turn that around. And Phoenix, that was it for them. They had to get a win or they were eliminated and they were eliminated. So um, throw in the fact that it's a rivalry and that there was actually stuff on the line for both sides, just different perspectives of it all. Uh, it, it made for a very eventful night. And I think everyone who showed up really enjoyed the match because clearly the result was great. But it, like you said, there was a lot going on. Um, wave playing, concert going on. I know San Diego State football was playing like at the exact same time. There's like a, there's plenty of things going on and that place was packed and loud. And yeah, Torero brought the noise Saturday night. It was a lot of fun. Let's do it again on October 9th. Looking forward to that. Now, Loyal's on the road upcoming this weekend off to Las Vegas. Take the bait. That's the name of the establishment, Kearney Mesa. That's where the official watch party will be upcoming this weekend. If you want to go with some loyal supporters as loyal now looks to not only be a qualifier for the postseason, the way last season went, Jordan, you brought up something interesting when we were teasing this episode that Coke Vegas, who's going to join this podcast sitting on six clean sheets, 71 saves, and that goes for eighth in the USL championship, the save total. But the six clean sheets are all at Torero Stadium. Loyal has, I think, top of my head, 11 wins, four losses at Torero Stadium. Not to make excuses or, or you know spin losses, but one of those losses came as a result of a terrible decision by the ref to show red to um, Adams, Kyle Adams. The other one was a little bit of a punt because Loyal had rotated its squad getting set for LA Galaxy and Open Cup, MLS LA Galaxy. But now this places importance on the final four games, right? Like you think, okay, they're in. Playoffs to a certain extent can be a little bit of a crapshoot in any of these sports. At Vegas, at Orange County, home New Mexico, at Sacramento. Securing a home playoff game, the possibility of a second home playoff game, to me, based on results, based on what it was that you just said, which I did not know, Jordan dropping a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, that sounds good. The idea of playing home playoff games at Torero Stadium. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been very good at home. Uh, they they tend to score first, which tends to result in a lot of wins. Going into that match, they had won seventy three percent of their home matches. That number has only gone up with the win over the weekend against Phoenix. I thought the the match was important for a few reasons. One, the fact that they were back at home. Uh, two, that you clinch a playoff spot. One of the other reasons, it's good to see Evan Conway continuing to score goals. He's going to be a really important piece for this club come playoff time. Six goals now in his last nine matches. Uh, Shannon and I were were just talking about him on the broadcast for like a minute straight, and then he scored that goal. The timing was beautiful. Um, I thought it was also important for Kyle Vassell to see him score again. It hadn't been super long for Vassell, but it had been since like mid-August since he had scored a goal. And for a club that has scored more goals than anyone else in the league, um, you you want to see Vassell really, really going at the right time. So it was good to see him. However, you want to shake out that goal. He got to celebrate like he scored. And I think that's really what matters. I think one and one of the other takeaways is I don't know what Landon is supposed to do if and when San Diego gets awarded a penalty hmm. um, going forward, because that's Darren and I had a joke for the first, I think like two years, maybe last year was the first time that it really started to soften a little bit, but like we would never get penalties. Like there was... We would never, ever, ever get awarded penalties. Other, the other team would. But for whatever reason, especially in 2020, San Diego w- would not. Nine penalties awarded to San Diego this year. They've converted four of those nine. Not ideal. And 
I think the the obvious names that you would throw to the spot are the names that we've seen more often than not, and that's Kyle Vassell and Alejandro Guido. Those two combined are two for six this year from the spot. We saw Guido miss in San Antonio. We saw Guido miss against Phoenix at home. Um, we still have a few games. I don't know if there's going to be another opportunity before playoff time comes, but if there's not, I, I am curious who that person is uh, that will be going to the spot to take a penalty if if the next opportunity comes in a playoff situation. Yeah, good point. Good point too, especially when you start thinking about you know where the postseason is headed. And sometimes, if you go back and you look at the history of the USL Championship postseason, sometimes those matches do go to penalty kicks. Now, cart before the horse here, obviously, but you're right. Uh, in back-to-back weeks for Alejandro, so Landon Donovan. And the coaching staff had a good week, right? Those three goals, I think, were all results of set pieces, which I'm sure makes coaches feel very good about the work that they do during the week. But now that's something I I can't imagine isn't going to be in the backs of the brains of the coaching staff, starting with Landon and with Nate Miller. Well, Jordan, coming up, we've never done this before. We've never done this before. Coke Vegas, goalkeeper for San Diego Loyal. 71 saves, eighth in the league, six clean sheets, as you mentioned, all of them at home, 12th in the league. Coke Vegas is going to join the Always Loyal podcast with the help of uh, media relations own Ivan Orozco, who you and I have known for quite a while. Coke Vegas is going to talk to us about life, about life in San Diego, adjusting to a new team, a new league, a new country. So this is a first for us in Espanol e Inglés. Coke Vegas joins the Always Loyal podcast next. San Diego Community Power is a not-for-profit public agency committed to providing clean, renewable energy at competitive rates and investing in innovative programs that benefit our communities. You can visit sdcommunitypower.org to learn more about cleaner energy choices. Okay, uh, welcome to the uh, Always Loyal podcast. Thank you very much. Muchísimas gracias a vosotros. Es un placer para mí poder estar hoy con todos vosotros. Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to be here with you guys. Thank you very much. All right. Well, this is the first time that we've done this. So thank you for taking the time to join us. How is everything going? This has been a new experience. It's a new country, new league. Tell us a little bit just how this has gone, your first season in the United States, first season with San Diego Loyal. Bueno, pues la verdad que como bien dices, creo que está siendo eh, un cúmulo de, de nuevas experiencias para mí, pero sin duda todas ellas están siendo muy gratificantes. Eh, al final creo que si dividimos un poco todos los aspectos de estas nuevas experiencias podemos hablar de San Diego como ciudad, que me parece increíble por el tiempo, eh, la comunidad, la cultura. Eh, si hablamos del fútbol, creo que tenemos un equipo... Eh, que aparte de tener unos magníficos jugadores, eh, tiene, despliega un juego eh, precioso de ver. Y a nivel individual, si le añadimos que, que estoy acumulando muchos minutos, pues creo que el, que el cúmulo de todas esas cosas hacen que mi experiencia en esta primera temporada en la USL Championship esté siendo maravillosa. Estoy muy, muy contento. Playing and it's been a, a good experience working with the guys. 
uh, on the field and, and soccer wise it's been a uh, something that that has been a little bit different for me but I've been able to adjust and and you know we're doing a good job on the field at the moment and also off the field you know getting adjusted to San Diego learning a new culture a new town uh, new things around me it's also been a great experience other than other than uh, than the move I think uh, it hasn't been that challenging for me but this has been a great experience so far and I'm looking forward to what's next to come. And and how does this experience up until this point match whatever the expectation was? Like, what did you expect to learn about yourself? What did you expect from this experience? Bueno, eh, creo que las expectativas a nivel de personal de venir a, a San Diego, lo que yo me iba a encontrar a, a nivel de ciudad, a nivel de país, eh, no traía ninguna expectativa, nunca había estado en Estados Unidos, nunca había salido eh, de Europa, entonces para mí era algo muy nuevo y por lo tanto no tenía una expectativa, así que todo lo que me he encontrado ha sido súper positivo y a nivel deportivo sí que es verdad pues, que traía como expectativas que por un lado a nivel colectivo fuese eh, un gran año para el equipo que, bueno, pues como poco consiguiésemos entrar en esos playoffs y igualar la mejor marca eh, que el San Diego Loyal tiene a día de hoy en su historia, que es clasificarse a la primera ronda de los playoffs y a nivel personal, eh, jugar el máximo de minutos posibles. Creo que eh, en ese aspecto deportivo todas eh, mis expectativas se están cumpliendo. Por lo tanto, y como me preguntabas antes, hace que bueno, pues a día de hoy yo esté muy feliz y mi experiencia esté siendo muy gratificante. When it comes to expectations, I mean, there's been, I didn't have made big expectations when it comes to the city and the town and anything extraordinary because uh, I knew it was going to be, you know, a great town, a great community, a great culture to be part of because I hadn't been anywhere outside of Europe before. So I didn't have any specific things to think about or expectations. But when it comes to on a personal level on the field, uh, I've been able to do things that I, I was expecting to do because this is a great team, you know, the team that made the playoffs the, the prior year, and now we're in the playoffs again. And we've done things correctly, and we're about to create more things and, and, and do historic things with this club. So my expectations uh, on the field are what they, I thought they were going to be, be successful. Koke, how, how does someone who grew up playing in Spain even learn about San Diego Loyal? How, how was it that you even came in contact with the club? Pues la verdad no sabría decirte cómo, cómo fue exactamente ese contacto. Eh, cuando estaba en España, pues yo me encontraba en un momento de, de estar sin equipo, buscando un próximo reto. Y, y por medio de... Bueno, yo trabajo con mi agencia de representación y por medio de ellos me iban llegando diferentes posibilidades y la de San Diego Loyal pues fue una de, de ellas, evidentemente sí, con mi agencia en España, pero bueno, que también tiene eh, eh, oficinas y bueno, de hecho el origen de la empresa es americana, así que por esa relación imagino que, que viene un poco todo, todo ese proceso de encontrarme yo con el San Diego Loyal. ¿Qué sabías de Loyal antes de, de que le contactaran? Ah, vale, perdón, Entonces, eh, habíamos entendido mal la pregunta. Eh, no, bueno, pues de, de San Diego en general... Conocía, eh, bueno, o sea, a nivel de cultura, sabía que estaba en la frontera con, con México, sabía que al final, estando en California, era una ciudad muy costera, surfera, eh, de tiempo similar al que yo vivía en, en, en España. 
Y a nivel de, de fútbol, eh, realmente lo único que conocía es que, que Landon Donovan eh, trabajaba para este equipo, eh, que lo entrenaba, y, pero no conocía mucho más. La verdad que, que mi cultura a nivel del soccer en Estados Unidos no era excesivamente muy grande. Transfer and come to San Diego Loyal. I wouldn't honestly be able to tell you how it happened. That's something that you know my agent, my agent handled, and and they have a good connection with uh, you know teams and and coaches in the United States. Uh, but at a personal level, knowing about San Diego, all I knew about San Diego is that it was a border town, it was a surfer town, it was a happy town, a lot of sun, uh, a lot of culture, a lot of things in San Diego. But uh, I didn't know any more of that. I did know though on the soccer level that. Uh, Landon Donovan was coaching the team, and that was something that you know I really liked, and and uh, I knew that he was doing a good job in a new team and so forth. But uh, other than that, those were the only things I knew about San Diego and San Diego Loyal. Does San Diego remind you of any places in Spain by chance? Totalmente, ya no por la ciudad en sí, sino por sobre todo por el tiempo que tiene, por la temperatura, que es una ciudad costera. Yo al final eh, soy de, de Málaga, del sur de, de España, y la mayoría de ciudades en las que, en las que he jugado en, dentro de España han sido ciudades de Mediterráneo, eh, pegadas al mar, y, y esa sensación de vivir en un sitio con sol, mar y buena temperatura sí que me recuerda a gran parte de mi vida en, en España. San Diego reminds me a lot of a bunch of different cities that I've lived and played with, played in. And uh, in Spain, because of the the, uh, the the weather, you know, cooler temperatures and, and not extreme weather. Uh, I played and lived in, in cities close to the Mediterranean Sea, and a lot of the weather was similar to what we have here in San Diego. And then I'm from Malaga, so that's a town that has similar weather in the same type of atmosphere when it comes to you know living by the coast and being a beach a beach town. Yeah, we heard that. Sol, playa, mar, sea, we comprende. Um, recently, um, Coque, there was Spanish media that contacted you and was checking in on how it's going here. And you said, amongst many things, that you have rediscovered yourself in San Diego. What does that mean? Bueno, eh... Creo que con esa expresión lo que me refiero un poco es a que, bueno, mi trayectoria en España los últimos años ha sido una trayectoria en la que he estado eh, varios años en la, una de las mejores ligas del mundo, en la que he tenido la oportunidad de entrenar día a día a un nivel altísimo, pero por desgracia no he tenido la oportunidad de jugar en tantas ocasiones. Así que creo que por un lado eh, todas esas cosas que yo he ido pudiendo entrenar y aprender están siendo ahora el momento de llevarlas a la práctica en el campo durante los partidos y durante un número grande de partidos continuados. Eso hace que yo note que todas esas cosas que entrené en su día, a día de hoy estén dando sus frutos y por otro lado también eh, creo que aquí, tanto con Landon como con Nate estamos practicando un estilo de juego en el que el portero tiene mucha participación, es una pieza eh, importante dentro del equipo a la hora de realizar no solo el, el juego defensivo, que obviamente pues estamos para parar eh, los posibles goles, sino para ese juego ofensivo 
que el equipo despliega. Y nunca había jugado con tanta libertad con los pies como lo estoy haciendo aquí, ni tan adelantado, eh, haciendo casi de central en muchas ocasiones. Por lo tanto, creo que el coque que vosotros veis aquí es un coque reinventado, es una nueva versión de mí mismo. I mean, when I said that phrase, you know, to the, to the media outlet, I meant that everything that I've experienced or learned and gone through in my past to where I am now when I was in Spain has changed in a way where I've improved. And I'm using those things and those lessons in life on the field and off the field that I've learned. I'm using them now to, my, to the benefit of personally and for the team. They're coming to fruition. I'm learning how to use those things that I've learned in the past now Uh, out there on the field, especially with Landon Donovan with Nate Miller, because this is a team that uses the goalkeeper position in a way to not just defend the goal and stop, you know, shots and, and, and attacking the goal, but we also use the goalkeeper to start the offense, to start the attack. And that's something that I wasn't used to doing, but I've learned how to do it throughout the, the years now. And, and that's what I meant by... I'm reinventing myself because now I'm using a different form of play that I didn't use before on this team and it's working for me. And in terms of uh, supporter culture, I mean, he's right in, Koke's right in front of it. What is, has been his impression of the kind of support that the club gets in San Diego? Pues me parece increíble. La verdad que yo desde el primer día solo tengo palabras de agradecimiento para para todos los fans, porque al final, bueno, creo que gran parte de un club la hace su, su afición y nosotros tenemos una grande, una grande y una buena. Ellos al final están ahí para, para apoyarnos en todos momentos y para mí el, lo principal es el respeto que muestran, que muestran siempre, tanto para eh, el, nosotros como para el rival y, y luego yo creo que un ejemplo de, de lo que transmite nuestra afición, para mí fue el, sin duda, que se me quedó grabado el día de, de Galaxy en casa, el, el último partido que perdimos contra ellos y, y ellos estuvieron ahí en un día muy duro para nosotros en el campo y ellos estuvieron apoyándonos hasta el minuto 95. Eh, esas cosas son muy complicadas de encontrar y eso se hace cuando hay una unión muy fuerte entre el equipo y la comunidad y eso es algo que creo que tanto el club como los jugadores y como la propia afición están trabajando muy bien y somos, bueno, pues todos un equipo, todos componemos ese San Diego Loyal y, bueno, creo que no hay mejor camino para conseguir los éxitos que ese. I am very impressed. We have a large consistency of fans that are loud behind me uh, and, you know, they're passionate. They show the love for the, for the team and, you know, I'm never going to forget the moment and the praise and, and the respect they have showed me, our team, and also our opponents uh, after that defeat against LA Galaxy. You know, there was a bad game for us that day and a bad day for me. And I, it's very rare to experience that in Europe where you have a fan base who continues to support you despite of what happened on the field. And that's something that I'm never going to forget. And that's a testament to what the organization is doing to build this type of fan base and to build, to build within the community and build it for the future. So I praise the organization and, and the community and the fans in the city for what they're doing. But, but definitely it's amazing and it's something that, that, uh, that I look forward to getting bigger and, 
I'm always going to be grateful for their, the way they treat us on the field. Wow. That's a really special answer right there. Koke, I'm curious what, what you think of the matches that you've had against Phoenix. Clearly it's a rivalry between San Diego and Phoenix rising. We, we got to see the latest edition of that over the weekend. What do you make of the two matches that you've played against Phoenix rising and the rivalry itself? Bueno, eh, al final es un gran derby para nosotros. Recuerdo sobre todo el primer partido que jugamos contra ellos allí a principio de temporada y que, bueno, me explicaron un poco esa rivalidad que existía eh, contra ellos. Eh, la pude vivir allí en el, en el primer partido y jugando como visitante, pues se nota la hostilidad del, del, del estadio. Eh, pero bueno, al final creo que los resultados en el pasado ya habían sido muy buenos contra ellos ha seguido siendo así este año quizá ellos no andan en su mejor momento aparte ellos también tienen otros jugadores españoles en, en su equipo con los que pude hablar y me decía que echaba un poco de menos eh, o extrañaba esa rivalidad en un mejor momento de ellos para que hubiese sido un partido más competido este último este de este fin de semana y bueno pues ojalá lo sea lo siga siendo eh, más adelante y pero sobre todo que siga siendo igual de exitoso para nosotros que sigamos consiguiendo esos tres puntos y otra cosa que me parece clara también es que al final en esta liga más allá de los derbis y las rivalidades que, que existan contra unos o contra otros cualquier partido eh, es complicado contra cualquier rival you know, and I got to experience some of it in the, uh, early on in the season, we went to play against them at their place, you know, we're on the road and, uh, it, it definitely, you can tell that the atmosphere there and they're passionate as well. And you can see why there's a rivalry, you know, we, this last game, you know, we were able to beat them. We had some good results this weekend, past weekend, and also in previous seasons, we've done well against them. So they're not at their best moment right now. So maybe the rivalry is not as strong as it's been in the past with the people I've talked about. But we definitely look forward to, in the future, you know, hopefully continue, continue to keep getting three points against them, but also being competitive matches where that rivalry lives on. And I, I can only imagine that it's going to get better and better, and I hope it does. Really good answer there. Uh, Koke, my last question for you is, I, I have to know what it's like working with Duran Faree, 15-year-old who recently got a professional contract with San Diego Loyal. You've had an opportunity to work alongside him. What do you make of the youngster? Pues, trabajar con Duran es como trabajar con cualquier otro compañero de cualquier otra edad. Al final, sí, tiene 15 años y evidentemente, como tiene 15 años, no tiene una gran experiencia pero forma parte de su proceso, eh, está empezando en el mundo profesional muy pronto y sin duda eso va a ser algo que lo haga madurar más rápido, porque aparte de tener eh, muy buenas condiciones deportivamente, también las tiene personalmente, creo que eso es algo muy importante. Eh, y luego por otro lado pues también es un poco raro, eh, pero a la vez me alegra porque me recuerda mucho a mí cuando yo tenía su edad. A mí me, me pasó exactamente lo mismo. Yo llegué a, a mi primer equipo profesional con su misma edad y, y me tocó vivir todo lo que él está viviendo ahora mismo. Por lo tanto, eh, aparte de ser un placer, por supuesto, trabajar con él día a día, espero que, que él pueda aprender de mí cosas de mi experiencia, igual que, que yo alimentarme de esa alegría, de esa motivación y de esas ganas de triunfar que en el fútbol y la vida que tiene que tiene Durán también. Well, working with Durán, 
Duran, it's a it's a pleasure working with him, but it's just like working with any other teammate. You know, yeah, sure, he's 15 years old. He's very young. He's just started, uh, you know, as a pro, but he's really, really smart, and he's a real professional. He he, he makes me feel like I um looking at myself in a sense because I also started around the same age as him, and I was in the same position where I started early on, and and it's only going to get better for him. And then working with him, it reminds me of that, you know, starting young and trying to, to build upon what you, what you have at hand and, 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 but coming to work with him is a lot of fun. And it's just like working with another, another, another teammate, you know, mutual respect and, and only great things can come from what we're doing together. I like that when he was a kid too, who did he want to be as a kid? Like who did the Spanish goalkeepers want to be? Iker Casillas or Victor Valdez or David De Gea? Who, who was Coque? Bueno, yo nunca he sido eh, super fan de uno en concreto, pero a la vez me han gustado todos. Entonces yo siempre he intentado ser eh, un poco, eh, coger lo mejor de cada uno. Eh, sí que es verdad que como fan siempre he tenido tres ídolos. Uno ha sido mi padre, que también fue portero profesional eh, en primera división en la Liga. Otro ha sido Iker Casillas, obviamente, y, y el tercero ha sido Edwin Van der Sar. Han sido los tres porteros que han marcado un poco mi, mi vida y que, bueno, pues siempre les he tenido una gran admiración. I didn't really have one favorite goalkeeper. I, I obviously I did, you know, respect and like Iker Casillas, but there was other other two that were kind of my idols when I was a kid. One of them was my father, because he was also a goalkeeper. And then the other one was Edwin, Edwin Van der Sar. Like, I didn't typically just like one goalkeeper, per se. I took different tools or different things that each one used or, or skills that they had on the field and try to implement those or copy those and use them on the field myself. But uh, I definitely didn't have one particular that was my favorite or my idol, but there was those three that I mentioned before that, were the ones that I really respected and looked up for, looked up to as a, a growing up as a goalkeeper. So no favorite goalkeeper. Does he have a favorite restaurant in town, a favorite tapas bar in San Diego? <laughs> no, Cafe no, Sevilla, no. Costa Brava. Esa es una muy buena pregunta. Probablemente la mejor de la entrevista. <laughs> eh, bueno, voy a decir dos. Eh, por un lado, Costa Brava, que la había mencionado él, es... Eh, mi restaurante favorito a nivel evidentemente español y es el que utilizo para desquitarme un poco cuando he hecho mucho de menos casa, pero, pero cuando otro restaurante que, que me gusta a mí mucho cuando vengo por aquí es Monello, un restaurante en italiano, en Little Italy, que también me, me gusta mucho. Moleno. Monello. Monello. Little Italy. Yep, I know that's yeah, yeah. so. So there's a couple of spots. Obviously, there's one called Copa Brava, which I like to relax at and, and make it feel like home because of the Spanish, you know, atmosphere and food. Uh, so those end up at those two of them. There's that one and also Moleno, Monello, which I really like here in San Diego. It's a Italian food, but nonetheless, I really, really enjoy it. He likes the cheese wheel, I'm sure. Um, I have one more random question. Hypothetically speaking, if Coke, if you were to fly home to Spain tomorrow, what's the very first meal you're going to have? What's what's the first dish you have to eat if you're if you're going home? 
Pues lo primero que convenía llegar a España sería la tortilla de patatas de mi madre. Eso sería. My mother's tortillas de tapas. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. It's the right answer for sure. Coke, we appreciate the time. We uh, we're very happy to have you in San Diego. It, it appears the the transition has gone very well for you. Um, and we're excited for the final four matches of the regular season and what you're able to do uh, come playoff time. Thank you for spending time with us. Nada, muchísimas gracias a vosotros. Ha sido un verdadero placer estar con, con todos vosotros hoy. Y, y nada, gracias por acordaros de mí. Y ojalá pues más adelante podamos hacer muchas más cosas. Un saludo. And thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me here. And uh, it's great to be able to do these things with you guys. And hopefully in the future we can do a lot more things and, and keep moving forward with these type of things. Thank you. Mucho gusto. Darren, let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright app, the world's leading platform for personal training available on the App Store and Google Play. Yes, the Western Conference standings, Jordan. It's so weird how you compare the two conferences. In the East, seven teams have qualified for the postseason. Places to be determined. Seven other teams have been eliminated. So it's not all done and dusted. You know, again, seating still to be determined but you know exactly who's in the playoffs and who's out of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Not the case in the West. Jordan, San Antonio has clinched a playoff spot. They are on their way to securing home field advantage for as long as they're alive in the postseason. San Diego Loyal, the second team in the West to have secured a postseason spot. 30 matches in, 55 points. Couple of points ahead of Colorado Springs switchbacks at the time of the recording. By the time you listen to this podcast, Colorado Springs will have played San Antonio. But one, two, three, San Antonio, San Diego, Colorado Springs, Sacramento four, El Paso Locomotive fifth, New Mexico United, who we'll see October 9th to 6th. RGV is seventh, followed by Oakland level on points with RGV Monterey, just a spot behind. Nobody officially eliminated from the Western How Conference is Phoenix damage. not eliminated? Phoenix yet. Orange County, they are not eliminated yet. How are they breathing still? Don't know. But according to the USL website, Jordan, as of the time of the recording of the Always Loyal podcast, nobody in the Western Conference has been eliminated. Are only we sure? Two teams. Only two teams. Are you challenging the credibility of the USLChampionship.com? I mean, Jordan, how dare you, sir? Only two teams have qualified for a postseason spot and nobody officially eliminated according to uslchampionship.com. I would never challenge the credibility of uslchampionship.com. Aren't we always just SD on the table? Why? I mean, I'm not against SDSC on the table, but is that a new addition now that we have a a postseason spot? Anyway, um, okay. I guess Phoenix technically is still alive. I... I claim them as dead on the on the air. So dead. you buried them on the broadcast. I Good. Think pretty Glad. sure I buried them. I don't. Good. I doubt, you should bury them again. I doubt rising supporters are happy with that broadcast, but hey, it wasn't for them. Um, okay, so I guess they're still alive. San Diego. They have yet. I don't say this meaning that they're not going to. They're on their way to doing this, but it's not official yet. They they want to clinch a home playoff game. I think we we kind of outlined the important reasons in that first segment why San Diego really wants to play a home playoff match. Um, most notably, they're better at home. There's factors for that. Uh, the fans being there, just being more comfortable at home. Um, but either way, whatever the the equation is, the the result is that they're way better at home. So that's why you want to be there at home at the playoffs. 
uh, the numbers back it up. It's not a team. There are teams sometimes that are just better on the road and you really don't mind if they're hitting the road come playoff time. I like San Diego at home a lot. So as many home games as possible, sign me up for that. Um, and with four matches to go, I, I think we'll find some clarity soon. At least that's what I, I'm led to believe. But apparently everyone's still alive. So I guess so. Yeah, and that includes the next four opponents for San Diego Loyal. Vegas at Orange County, New Mexico at home, and at Sac Republic to finish the 2022 regular season. Are Jordan. we sure Phoenix isn't officially dead? Again. Again. I'm at uslchampionship.com. What better place to tell me who isn't and is alive in the Western Conference playoff chase? Are we sure Orange County isn't dead? I don't know. I don't know. I don't okay. think they're they're uh they have a great outlook with 31 points and four matches to play, but I guess technically Jordan, you can add 12 to that total. Okay. And you could, if everybody else were to lose, you're I, somehow still into the mix. But don't all these other teams have to play each other? I don't know. <laughs> like someone's I, getting I, points. Again, I, I just, you know, not everyone. I'm starting to think zero. it's personal with you and the uslchampionship.com. Hmm. Are we sure Phoenix is? <laughs> <laughs> do we just, do you just want to declare them dead? I already like, did, man. I, I that's well, then, with the next week, you can do it again on the podcast. You can kill them twice. You can kill them on a telecast. You can Here's kill what them I on request. a podcast. Well, Jack Cronin invite me on the broadcast next. When is the next one? The New Mexico match? That's the next yeah, home game? October 9th. By then, Phoenix will be dead. Invite me on the broadcast for New Mexico for just a brief moment so I can officially declare Phoenix dead. I would love to, to be there for that moment. Okay, did we miss anything, Darren? I don't think so. Any key takeaways from Coca Vegas? What a he seems to be enjoying his time. Fun fella. He uh, he seems to be enjoying his time. And for someone who's never been outside of Europe to come to San Diego, that's not a bad landing spot. It's not like he landed in I don't know, Columbus. Hey, that's still a tough thing to do. I don't care who you are, how much money you might be making. I mean, to just up and leave everything, everything, your entire ecosystem the only ecosystem that you really ever have known for the most part to come to a place, as he said, he didn't know much beyond it's a border town and it's got some sun and the ocean and a beach. That's uh that's quite a risk. I'm glad it's paying off for him, right? Like you like right. seeing people uh, who are bold, who make decisions like that. You like seeing it pay off for Coke Vegas, whatever his future is. I was really glad to hear that this has been such a positive experience for him. It's what it's all about. I apologize to anyone from Columbus, but that's just a Terry on Richo. So that's what that is. Okay, Darren, um, we'll, uh, we'll see you at the watch party this weekend. Torero Stadium next opportunity is in October when New Mexico comes to town. All right. Sounds good to me. Enjoy yourself. If you're making your way out to the watch party this week, take the bait in Kearney Mesa. I must admit I've never been there. Sounds, take the bait. Take the bait. I'm guessing there's, there's seafood. I like seafood. I like, I like Buena Vesa. Baja Bound driving to Mexico. Visit BajaBound.com for the easiest way to get Mexican auto insurance for your trip. Their easy-to-use website allows you to buy your Mexico insurance in minutes from your computer or any mobile device. BajaBound.com, serving Mexico travelers since 1994.